Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So I'd like to talk to you at this podcast about something that's very, very dear to my heart, and that is the issue of how we interpret Scripture. Now, uh, don't go concluding uh, that I'm saying something that I'm not. Uh, so many times when we watch television, we listen to people quote the Bible, left of the political spectrum, right of the political spectrum, you know, preachers on television, people making a case for any kind of thing, even interpreting a storm or a natural disaster. Uh, often people have only drilled down into the Scriptures, well, not at all. They've only skimmed the surface uh, of the Bible. And I'm so keenly aware time and time again how many times uh, we're hearing people say things that the Bible just doesn't say. And even among Christian people, even among people who have been in the church for years, and it's affecting our public policy because now that we have a more faith-based politics and we have more discussions of religion in our culture, uh, time and again, we find faith of some kind have an influence on the direction of our society, and yet when it comes to sort of a, a supposedly biblical faith, uh, it's not based in what Scripture actually says. And so there, there are two or three reasons for this, and I think it's very important that we talk about it because we want people to read the Bible. We want people to process biblical truth. We want them to apply it to our society. We want them to, to know uh, the God of the Bible. I'm speaking as a Christian. Um, but at the same time, we don't want people, especially Christian people, uh, to be applying what they think the Bible says to our public life in a way that's inaccurate and, quite frankly, humiliating for the rest of uh, Christians or the rest of the Jewish folks who draw their, their ideas and their, their worldview from Scripture. So part of the problem is this, that people do not read Scripture. Now, this is not just me, you know, as some kind of preacher saying, everybody needs to read the Bible more. No, this is me saying, if we're going to quote it, if we're going to have debates about it, if we're going to uh, argue about it, we need to read it, and we need to read it more than just for a few minutes of devotion a day. But even that's not my main issue today. Uh, My main issue today has to do with the fact that the Bible is not just a collection of sayings. The Bible does not just hang in the air, each page, each word, kind of hanging disembodied in the air, and you just read it and interpret it in terms of whatever your current worldview is or emotion or culture. The Bible is 66 different, let's call them letters. Most of the ones in the New Testament are letters. Uh, Many in the Old Testament can be taken that way. They are 66 not chapters uh, of a book, but 66 letters or essays maybe might be the best way to describe some of them that apply to certain events at certain times in history. And yes, for those of us who are Christians and believe that a God authored this Bible, it applies to more than just that time in history. Absolutely. But you can't begin to understand what Scripture says until you first understand it up against uh, the history that it was written about. And let me say also, by the way, that the, that the standard order of the books in the Bible, the arrangement of the 66 books in the King James Bible that you have, or the New International Version that you carry, or whatever it is, they are not in historical order. 
Uh, They are in a thematic order. Uh, Why, for example, in the New Testament are all the Gospels, the the four Gospels that describe the life of Jesus, why are they all at the front of the New Testament? Because they were just grouped that way. That's not the order in which they were written. So what we have to do, since we don't have the books of the Bible in a historical chronological order, is we have to understand the story around each book of the Bible. Now, why is that important? Because it affects the interpretation because it affects what what comes out of it. Now, you can go into the book of Proverbs and and read a proverb and it just it just stands alone. That's fine. There's not a lot of context there as we would say. But you really can't understand what's being said in Corinthians or Ephesians or uh, in the Old Testament prophet of Nahum. You've got to understand the story. You've got to understand the background. And if we don't do that, then what happens is we draw conclusions that aren't really accurate. Um, for, for example, there's an Old Testament prophet by the name of Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, some people say. And his problem, okay, his problem is that, that God's not acting to cleanse the society, that there's a lot of sin and unrighteousness. God, why aren't you doing something? God says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go get these nasty old pagans over here, these, these Persians, and I'm going to come and I'm going to attack Israel and I'm going to, I'm going to deal with sin that way. And then, then the prophet says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You, you can't use them. They're not as righteous as we are. Now, that, that is, a, is a book that you ought to read, a book you ought to understand. But for my purposes now, that theology right there is very, very helpful. It's very helpful to understand it. And when it comes to public, public policy, we have some of the same things. We have uh, scriptures that uh, apply to certain periods in history, uh, apply to certain issues in the first century that, that uh, are, are not as directly applicable to our own times as, as we might want them to be. And I've been writing a book recently that is very much about a New Testament story. I'll tell you more about it later. And it's required me to really drill down into the sources, really drill down into uh, the historical underpinnings that we have for the New Testament and Josephus and Tacitus and Pliny and, and, and all of the sort of Roman writers who substantiate New Testament truth. And I'll tell you that the New Testament is grittier. The truth that is uh, spoken in the New Testament was more counterculture. Um, and the conflict between sort of Christ and culture, you know, Jerusalem and Athens, uh, the Bible and the culture at the time is far fiercer, uh, far more stark uh, than, than I had ever really imagined, even though I've studied this stuff a lot. In other words, the Bible does not come alive until you understand the story behind uh, each individual book. And I know that I've stressed this before, but I've recently been in some debates and heard some people talking about things on TV that relate to public policy and relate to films and Hollywood and a biblical approach to all of those things. And, and I'm not saying we have to have a doctorate in theology and biblical studies before we can quote the Bible, but we need to be really careful about easy Bible, about surface Bible, about just dip into the Bible like we might, uh, you know, crack open a fortune cookie, get a statement and walk away thinking we know it. Uh, We are reading somebody else's mail that the Holy Spirit then takes and applies to our age. We're reading about other ages and other times and what God said to them that then in principle form applies to what we have to think today. We need to be careful we need to be wise. Uh, we need to be more studied. You need to use um, a study Bible, for example. You should have a, a use a Bible that has maps and notes and an introductory material. Uh, I use the NIV Study Bible for my daily reading and 
Every book is introduced. Every book is, uh, there's a setup and he's right. He's Paul standing here and he's writing to this person about that. And here's, here's the previous experience they had. And, and here are the pressing issues. And I'll tell you what, it relates to everything. It relates to prostitution and slavery and accounting and money. And, you know, sometimes the indictment of our age uh, is more serious, more dire. And then at the other times when we read the Bible this way, it makes us more compassionate. It makes us gentle up. Um, and we realize the statements of not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament come out of a certain context. I urge you to know the context. Get yourself a study Bible. Uh, read some of the good books that you can get at any store uh, that provide the background of the New Testament, the Old Testament. There are lots of great ones, and I've recommended them on uh, some of my blogs many times. Um, and begin to try to exercise your mind that when you open up the book of Nahum, you open up a psalm, for example, you open up uh, a New Testament book, that you review the story. Most of the Bible needs to be broken up. It needs to be, in a sense, torn out and laid out on the floor uh, in a whole new order. Uh, Psalm 147, for example, has to do with when the people of Israel are coming back into, uh, into the promised land out of Babylon. That's about 500 BC. But Psalm 90, uh, was written by Moses centuries before, and yet they're all in the book of Psalms. It's not going to make any sense. It's not going to give us the doctrine we need, and it's not going to give us the meat that we need to approach our society with from a, from a biblical perspective unless we go beyond just the easy surface level of the Bible. Give yourself to it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN, and a blogger for a number of leading online news services. His groundbreaking books on faith and American society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Mormonizing of America, and the soon-to-be-released Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.